got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near the doctors in the house. So lend them your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in the house. Welcome to Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored. This is Dr. Ron. And ladies and gentlemen, today we will be talking about the benefits of coffee. You know, coffee is one of the most popular beverages in the world. And for good reason. It's delicious. It's energizing. And we'll talk today about a number of coffee's health benefits and maybe some of the less well-known benefits of coffee. And we'll also talk about how to enjoy coffee in a healthy way. So if you're a coffee lover or if you're just curious to learn more about the benefits of this java, and this episode for you, so stay tuned. So I do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude. And uh, if you don't have an attitude of gratitude, you have to work on it. Because as this past couple of years uh, have progressed, uh, we see that people are report, uh, report being uh, not happy. Only one in three Americans reported being happy. And more than half say they're frustrated at work. And nearly one in four experience no life enjoyment at all. So small changes in your perspective and behavior can add up. And practicing gratitude has been scientifically verified as a way to boost happiness and life satisfaction. An attitude of gratitude. You know, gratitude also is a form of generosity. Extending something to another person, even if it's only a verbal verbal affirmation of say thank you. You Generosity and happiness are linked neurally. That means that there's nerves that connect happiness and generosity. So if your own happiness could use a boost, Why don't you start having an attitude of gratitude? It'll not only boost your satisfaction, but it's a great predictor of good relationships and it will benefit both your sanity and your physical health. So let me just go on down one of these little rabbit holes for a second. Last week's program was a rerun of Dr. Bill Wong talking about hormones and uh, thyroid health. And for some reason, the people at YouTube didn't like it, so they took it down. But if you see a topic and you're a YouTuber and you you go over to YouTube to listen to it, uh, I'm also on Rumble. 
and BitChute. And for the life of me, I don't know why they took that podcast down with Dr. Bill Wong. But he, he, you know, Dr. Wong is always great. He always has a lot of information, and it comes from a lot of experience. So uh, I'm I'm going to be more selective on what I put on YouTube. But uh, you can always you find mostly mostly every one of of my podcasts on uh, Rumble and BitChute. And of course, we're on Spotify and Apple and Google and uh, mostly most any other place you watch or listen to a podcast. So, if you see a topic you like and it's not on YouTube, don't worry about it. That's that's the least of my worries too. Go to one of these other venues. And so, another little rabbit hole is you know what? Uh, as we're getting older, what do we worry about? Alzheimer's, cancer, diabetes, autoimmunity. By the way, I have a great podcast coming up on autoimmunity. Another look at uh, why our body is destroying itself and uh, a different uh, way maybe of treating it. But anyway, you know, we have wrinkles, gray hair, sagging skin, our posture is getting bad, other signs of looking old, tired, bad moods. You know what? Getting old is inevitable, ladies and gentlemen. But on this podcast, we're going to try and show you as we go on that aging is optional. And then it it is possible to add years to your life and add life to your years. So we're going to try and get you the right information to let that happen. And here's some good news. If fitness is your passion... There are 14 muscles that you activate when you pour a cup of coffee. Put that put that in your book of fitness. And remember, I keep, I'm going to keep coming back to this too. Nobody can know you or what you need to heal yourself more than yourself. And Hippocrates wrote, if you are not your own doctor, you're, you are a fool. And with the way things are going in this world, you better take care of yourself. Doctors are leaving the profession. Those that are staying are employed and are beholden to their employer. So please take care of yourself. Well, I started researching this topic on coffee. And, you know, I I probably could do three or four uh, podcasts just on coffee. I mean, in many countries, the majority of adults consume it regularly. And I even have an article from the New England Journal of Medicine to share with you. And at the end of this podcast, I want to share with you about alcohol and coffee. And guess what? How they can help you live past 90. You heard that right. How they can help you to live past 90. So daily coffee consumption has, you know, lots of benefits. Could even help you to uh, clear up your clogged arteries. Because people who drank three to five cups of coffee a day were less likely to have calcium deposits in their coronary arteries. Moderate coffee consumption may lower your risk of clogged arteries, heart attacks, and dementia, not to mention Parkinson's disease. And we're talking about drinking it black to avoid 
the environmentally destructive individual coffee pies. Let's go back and let's talk about New England Journal of Medicine 2020. An article was titled Coffee, Caffeine and Health. And they, they admit that coffee and tea are among the most popular beverages worldwide. And they contain a substantial amount of caffeine, making caffeine the most widely consumed psychoactive agent. And they admit it's been consumed for hundreds of years and is part of some cultures and social life. And there's always been concerns about it, about the health benefits. One key issue that the researchers are looking into is that coffee contains hundreds of biologically active chemicals, phytochemicals to be exact. And they are formed during the roasting process. And it also has modest amounts of magnesium, potassium, vitamin B3, which is niacin. And guess what? We talk about a superior interior. Well, these coffee compounds may reduce oxidative stress and improve the gut microbiome. And that gut microbiome contains 70-80% of our immune function. And the caffeine and its uh, byproducts may modulate glucose and fat metabolism. So there's a couple of numbers you might be interested in. A 12-ounce cup of coffee that you buy at a shop will contain an average of 235 milligrams of coffee. Americano coffee, 150 milligrams. Instant coffee, 63. Espresso, one ounce of it, 63 milligrams of caffeine. Eight ounces of decaffeinated coffee will contain two milligrams of caffeine. Black tea, 47 milligrams of caffeine. Regular green tea, 28 milligrams. You know, there are some medications out there that contain caffeine that have 65 milligrams. Over-the-counter drugs for alertness contain 200 milligrams of caffeine. Now, when you drink a, cup of, drink a cup of coffee, these caffeine levels peak in your blood after 15 minutes to two hours. And this, this caffeine spreads throughout your body, and it crosses that BBB, that blood-brain barrier. In the liver, the, coffee is metab- the caffeine is metabolized. And the half-life... When most of the caffeine is active in adults, it's typically two and a half to four and a half hours. So that's why we don't we tell you not to drink coffee before you go to bed. That so should be at least four and a half hours before bedtime. So half of that coffee is out of your system. And there's no doubt it varies from individual to individual. This is it. These are averages. So uh Smoking uh, gets rid of it a lot faster, but we're not we're not going there. Now, according to the New England Journal of Medicine article, they have a chart here. 
that says it increases mental performance and vigilance owing to greater alertness. It contributes to insomnia. Again, if you drink it too late at night, may reduce depression. It can increase the effect of NSAIDs and acetaminophen for treating headache, but I don't recommend taking either of those products, as you know. And in their chart here, it says may reduce the risk of Parkinson's disease. In the lungs, it says, among other things, slightly improving lung function in adults. In the liver, may reduce the risk of liver fibrosis, cirrhosis, and cancer. And I can go on and on. It has good effects in the kidneys, the cardiovascular system, although it increases blood pressure in the short term. You do develop tolerance as you keep drinking the coffee. But of the few things that may look bad over time, your body develops uh, a bit and gets used to it. So they have pages on its effect on cognitive performance. So this is from New England Journal 2020. And we'll get into some of the weight management and so forth in, in other articles that I'll bring to your attention. So a large body of evidence is suggesting that the consumption of caffeinated coffee, the main source of caffeine intake in adults in the United States, does not, does not increase the risk of cardiovascular diseases and cancers. In fact, it says, consumption of three to five standard cups of coffee a day has been consistently associated with a reduced risk of several chronic diseases. We'll get a little bit more into that later too. We're not talking about a, you know, a high intake, a moderate intake, three to five cups a day. We don't want to go above 400 or so milligrams of caffeine a day for an adult. Okay, so that's the New England Journal. And a good friend of this program who we've interviewed, Dr. Ralph Moss, also wrote, wrote an interesting article on caffeine. As you know, he's a consultant uh, for cancer treatments. And uh, he says that coffee prevents cancer, but nine out of 10 people make it wrong. He says coffee is a healthy habit, helps prevent certain kinds of cancer. But Italian-style coffee in particular may prevent cancer of the prostate gland. And, you know, everybody has something to say bad about coffee. But they really relate it to the, its insomnia effect, its sleep disruption. And it's, you know, it's effect on the heart and the heart rate and cardiovascular. But, you know, the New England Journal admits it is not a risk factor. But what are some of the benefits associated with coffee drinking? High coffee intake reduces the risk of liver cancer by 50%. In fact, each additional cup reduces the risk by 15%. 
and may decrease the risk of cirrhosis of the liver or elevated liver enzymes. I have a particular friend that might want to, may want to start drinking coffee. For some cancers, both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee are equally effective. Coffee prevents cancer of the endometrium. Both caffeinated and decaf are associated with lower rectal cancer incidence. Localized prostate cancer, not advanced, is also reduced by regular coffee consumption. How about this, ladies and gentlemen? The risk of melanoma is also reduced by 20% through regular coffee consumption. and probably does this, according to the DeVita Cancer Textbook, by reducing the availability of blood glucose to cancer cells. So, you know, as Dr. Moss says, coffee may be the perfect companion to a low-carb ketogenic diet. And there are lots of good natural chemicals. Uh, The New England Journal article points that out. Dr. Moss points that out. But then he also points out the cappuccino connection, which he called intriguing, especially with prostate cancer. He goes back to a Japanese scientist writing in 2018 about this. So Italy is not among the top 10 coffee consuming countries, but the average Italian consumes half as much as the world leader, which is Finland. And Italians, as you know, have a penchant for espresso. And that comes, as I told you, one, I gave you the caffeine for one ounce size. But it comes, you know, single or double shot, one or two ounces. But it's part of our lifestyle. And it includes espresso, moco, macchiato, cappuccino, caffè latte. And they're produced either with hot water under high pressure, like you see in these espresso machines, or by boiling water. So in 2017, scientists studied men who drank Italian-style coffee. If you had one or two cups a day, there was a slight decrease in prostate cancer incidence overall. But when they studied men who consumed three or more cups per day, They found that coffee prevents cancer of the prostate, a significant 64% reduction in risk. And and that was adjusted for such risk factors as smoking, age, body mass index. If you adjusted for all that, there was still a 53% decrease in prostate cancer, a highly significant statistic. So why Why Italian-style coffee? Well, one thing, it's stronger. Espresso shots are five to eight times as concentrated as the American drip coffee. But nowadays, how do we make our coffee? In the U.S., we make it with coffee filters. But in Italy, the Italian-style coffee is unfiltered. And because of that, it contains more of the beneficial natural compounds that are removed from filtered brews. So the old-fashioned way is still, it looks like the better way.
although you'll see articles about coffee increasing uh, cholesterol, what they don't tell you is that the coffee did not raise the average levels above normal. And if heart attacks were associated with coffee, you know, Italy would be having a heart attack epidemic. But the, the data shows the opposite. Among the nations of the earth, Italy's heart death rate is near the bottom of the chart at number 163. Now, the country of Belarus where people consume one-tenth as much coffee, has a heart attack death rate five times higher than Italy. So I want you to think about that when somebody talks to you about oh, you're having too much coffee. Well, you can't have too much, but you know, you can enjoy it. And I think this, the, the key word is moderation. So now let's get back to this. Alcohol and coffee can help you live past 90. This came out of the University of California, Irvine. And there it was revealed that the consumption of moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee is linked to, I guess I should have a drum roll, living a longer life. And this will be the subject of a couple podcasts on the Blue Zones. Actually, that's quite a popular uh, uh, series now running on Netflix. Now, when I said that, I didn't make a joke about it. Moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee are linked to living a longer life. And of course, as I said prior, the, the key word is moderation. And that study was called the 90 plus study. It started in 2003. It examined the oldest age group of about 1,700 nonagenarians, 90-year-olders, to determine what is key to living to your 90th birthday and beyond. How about that? This study, if you want to know, found out, found out that people who drank moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee lived longer than those who were abstain, abstain, who abstained. But that wasn't hard. That was easy to say. So you, the study found, among other things, that people who drank moderate amounts of alcohol and coffee lived longer than those who abstained. And that people who were overweight in their 70s lived longer than normal than underweight people. Uh, I don't know how to explain that. And I, I looked it up for other people, and they can't explain it either. Either. But they, they did find in other research that subjects who drank two glasses of beer or wine a day decreased their chances of premature death by 18%, and those who drank two cups of coffee a day decreased their chances by 10%. Now, you should still exercise. I'm not saying everything is out the window. Regular exercise... And keeping busy with a regular hobby is also key to living a longer life, just as the people in the blue zones walk a lot. I'm just giving you some ammunition when you get grief by taking another trip to, the, to get another cup of coffee. 
or if you come home and you want to unwind with a glad, nice glass of beer or wine. And now you, all you have to say is, well, I'm doing this because I want to live a long and beautiful life. And the 90 plus study will back you up. So coffee, it's good for the brain, it's good for the heart, it's good for the liver. Makes you feel better and can make you live longer. And it does have some minerals in it, manganese, potassium, as I said, vitamin B3, vitamin B2, low in calories. And it should be drunk with black or just very little cream and, of course, no sugar. And remember, just as a, a fact, coffee is prepared, how? From roasting coffee beans, which are seeds of berries from the coffee plant. Okay, listen to that. Prepared from roasted coffee beans, which are the seeds of berries from a coffee plant. It dates back many, many hundreds of years. Okay. Now you can remember, you can drink too much. You don't want to go over that four to 500 milligrams of caffeine a day. Not good for you. So if you're looking to uh, increase your health, you want to get some exercise of those 14 muscles that are used to pour coffee, well, pour yourself some. And all of those that we all know that, you know, when we were in school and had to take exams, that coffee did increase our alertness and it did improve our mental uh, performance in the short run. Again, the key is moderation. Moderation. And, you know, again, we, the moderation is important because coffee has the ability to impact neurotransmitter function and hormone function, the way it affects your muscles. So, again, again uh, you don't want to OD on it. It just, it does turn out, however, that drip brewed coffee has the highest caffeine level, levels or any way you can make it. rather than the Italian way. And don't forget, you decaf drinkers, there is a little bit, two milligrams or so of caffeine still found there. So if you're really sensitive to caffeine, you gotta be careful of decaf, how much decaffeinated coffee you drink also. And if you do drink decaf, I would advise you try to find a water processed decaffeination rather than the solvent process whenever possible because the, they use less chemicals in the water processed version. So ideally drink it black, maybe use some organic stevia if you want to sweeten. And that's, that's the story on, on coffee, ladies and gentlemen. 
So this is Dr. Ron, host of Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored. Uh, I love being here with you guys. This this is episode 500, but it's really more. That's why it's nothing. Uh, they lost uh, about 30 episodes, but I'm not making a big deal of it. But this on Podbean now, it's, it'll be labeled as episode 500. Um, usually release the podcast on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. I do some live ones like this one. I see we do have someone that just entered the studio, and, and I do appreciate you listening in. Uh, but we'll release it, and then it, it goes to LinkedIn and every other place. And I'll try putting this one back on uh, YouTube and see if they can find a reason why to drop it. I don't know. Uh, it seems like YouTube and WHO are fat checking everything. So if the WHO doesn't agree with it, I guess uh, YouTube doesn't. There's some people who think that the WHO is taking over YouTube, but probably is. But you know what? There's Rumble. There's BitChute. And um, it's going to be a time when I'm, I'm going to have to just tell you the truth about certain things. And when I do, you won't find it on YouTube. You'll find it on BitChute and Rumble. Now you can always look for my podcast on Podbean, Dr. Ron Unfiltered Uncensored. And uh, for some reason, you would listen to it on YouTube and you see the title not there. Well, you know that uh, YouTube and WHO did not like the title or the content. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough. Have a great day. Be well. God bless. And we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. And it's all about good health. He's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. And let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. When the doctor is in the house So if you have a pain Call the doctor If you have a strain Call the doctor Let the doctor know what's bothering you When the doctor is in the house The doctor is in the house See you next week